right, welcome back to the I'm There podcast, guys. I'm your host, Freyway, and I'm here with my co-host, Kenny. Once again, allegedly. And today we have a special guest and a friend of mine, also my team member on Ring of Destruction, Cameron Saunders. You guys all probably know him. You're well acquainted with one of the masters of Edison format. He has several tops with all types of different decks. Uh, and recently, me and him have been doing a lot of YouTube content together this year. It's been really fun. So, Cam, why don't you say hello to everyone on stream and stuff? Hey, guys, what's up? It's, it's me, Cameron. Um, glad to be here. Yeah. So, all right. I want to talk about off the bat, like, how did you even get into Yu-Gi-Oh? Where did it start? How did you get the the virus? Um, so I got my first cards when I was like eight years old. Damn! And I just, I just thought they were like so cool because I watched like I, I watched the, the first season of anime as a kid, and I was like, "Mom, mom, I gotta have some Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Everyone else has them. They're so cool." So I'm like, "So obviously, you know, all the kids around me are into it. I'm going to get into it." And um, so I got some cards, and I was I was like eight, so you know, nothing really came of it. And um, Synchros came out like three years later, and I was like completely unable to even comprehend what a Synchro monster was. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm like 11 or 12 years old. It doesn't really matter to me. I just like kind of put it down. I didn't care. Um, I get into high school. This is like late 2013. It's like my junior year or something. And my friends just pull up with Yu-Gi-Oh cards. And we're like, hey, man, you want to play with us? I'm like, dude, I haven't played Yu-Gi-Oh in forever. And um. How old are you at this point? 11? No, no, I was like 15 at this point. Okay. Yeah. So real quick, because uh, I don't think a lot of people know how old you actually are. If you don't mind saying, is that? I'm is that 26. Sure? You're 26. Okay, so you're much younger than me and Kenny. So yeah. there, I just want to say, when you said I got my first cards when I was like eight, and then three mm-hmm. years later, Synchros came out, I was like, God damn it. Yeah, I was trying to do the math, because <laughs> I remember how old I was and how old Kenny was when Synchros came out, but... <laughs> You know, that's that's a very I was an adult basically. Like this I was damn near an adult. Yeah, you're <laughs> like you're way younger than like, me. Like when Synchros came out, we couldn't legally be your friend. <laughs> yeah. Um, I always feel like I'm super old around other people who play Yu-Gi-Oh! Because like when you like in advanced, you know, you have like this huge age range where obviously, you know, there are people who've been playing a long time and they're in their thirties. Yeah. But like a lot of your peers in advanced format are also like literally in their teens like they were born yeah at a time they were they were born after i got my first cards and it's crazy yeah that is a wild concept to think about people who were born after exceeds came out right yeah they're they're competitive players right now like that one kid uh charlie butch or something like that i think that's his last name he tops a lot of ycs's and like he, he tries to qual- I, I think he actually won dragon duel worlds i'm pretty sure he's won dragon duel worlds but he is a kid like an actual kid to me and he was probably born after I got my first top or some crazy nonsense like that. Yeah. Like just some crazy stats. I don't think that should be allowed. Yeah, I, like, I think I think the world was good. Like we should have stopped letting people be born. Yeah. Said, <laughs> uh, some, some people are younger than Yu-Gi-Oh themselves. Like they are younger yeah. than the game. Yeah. And right. Yu-Gi-Oh is what, 21, 22 years old in, in the United States. So yeah, like, North, yeah. North America. So the game is pretty. The game is an adult. The game definitely had its 20th anniversary. Um, the game is an adult for sure, but there are people who play it now who are younger. Even at my locals, like there's kids that I play who play Edison and Modern, and they switch back and forth. But there's, there's one kid I play like almost every week, and it's just kind of funny because I always wonder. Like he he knows me, 
that he knows of me. I don't know how though, because there's no way he, I don't think he was alive again. I don't think he was alive. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think he was alive when I went YCS Atlanta. I'm not even kidding. I think he's that young, but it's so funny. Cause he's like, Oh man, I got to play Frazier again. And then, like, I don't know if it's because I beat him every time that he has this. Yeah, he probably just me. knows you like from the store. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't know you. As yeah, like I don't Fraser know because I don't play modern. The way like the old heads know you. Yeah, so it's kind of funny to think about. But anyway, back to you, Cam. So you're like 15, and your friends are asking you to play Yu-Gi-Oh again. And you're like, I haven't played that game in forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and it really showed because like I didn't know anything about like competitive stuff at all. We had like the worst decks like known to man. Like, um, what year do you think this is? Because I my whole life is um chronological order based on Yu-Gi-Oh format. So I know every single year based on what Yu-Gi-Oh format it was. This is like late 2013, so, so everyone competitive with playing Dragon Rulers. Yep. And I'm like setting Apprentice Magician. <laughs> yeah, so you guys were far behind, damn. Yeah. Um. So then I learned about Dueling Network, and... Damn, Network? Network was still out in 2013? Yeah. Okay. I forget when Network went down. It was like late 2000, like early 2016, really. Okay. I stopped yeah. playing on Dueling Network for a long ass time. So that I don't know when that shit actually went away. Uh, but yeah. Okay. So you guys got on Dueling Network. Yeah. And that's when I learned about Dragon Rulers. And I was like, what, what is going on? Yeah. What is happening? Like, these and guys are summoning monsters that, that should not ever have touched the field. Like, it was ridiculous. Can you remember Dragon Rulers? I know. I yeah, I came back and played a little bit in that format. Yeah, Kenny made a return in Dragon Lore format because the Blue Eyes was competitive in that format. Like you could play a yeah. version of Dragon Rulers that played White Stone, Cards of Consonants, Trade In. I'm pretty sure I topped with that. And that was a really fun deck. It probably was inferior to just playing the one that uh plays like Tri Trigon, I think it's called, and just makes Ancient Fairy Dragon and pops Ravine and searches and all that stuff. Yeah, I think but, that's like the optimal build. Like yeah, that was like, the optimal build, but I always like playing the function. It's blue eyes. And I think <laughs> so blue eyes, what's the what's it called? The one that the synchro that's in defense mode and it brings back a guy. Is that like, Azure Grant Dragon? Maybe? Yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, Azure Spirit. So I wanted to play that card so bad that I didn't care if my deck was necessarily inferior or whatever. I was like, I just want to play Blue Eyes Azure Dragon. Yeah. And yeah, because that guy's like, he comes out and all your guys can't be targeted or destroyed or something like that by card effects. Isn't his stats and reversed? Or is they he are yeah, 3,000. Yeah. Yeah, he's cool. It's a cool looking card too. And uh, in a mirror match, it's hard to deal with that because we already can't deal with Redox. So if you think about it, you summon Redox in defense mode. If your opponent is stupid, they max E. Same thing with Azure Dragon. It's like, if you have Azure Dragon out, you can't be Crimson Blader, which was like the whole format is dodging Crimson Blader. Like, just don't let yourself get Crimson Bladered. Um, but Azure Dragon was cool because 3,000 defense, which is harder to kill than 3,000 attack. And then he brings back Blue Eyes, which is another monster that can't be beat by Crimson Blader. So in theory, the deck did have some strong points, but it was also inconsistent because you are playing Blue Eyes and Whitestone and they're not the best cards to draw or whatever. But yeah. anyway, yeah. So you said you the, found the worst part. Those. The worst part of like the... the the Tridon build has debris, so it just makes Star Eater and runs over everything you do anyway. Oh, yeah, that was a thing. Star Eater was like 3,200 attack, and then you can't... You can't negate it, summon, you can't mirror force it, you can't, like... Yeah, so once he attacts, it's just going through. It's Ancient Gear Gajillatron Dragon, basically. Yeah. Okay, so you found out about Dragon Rules, which had to be eye-opening as hell, because the game you oh, were yeah, playing before that was nothing like Dragon Ruler format. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. Um, But, yeah, once I learned about Dolly Network, I, like started playing real decks like i learned how to use like fire fist and mermail and stuff and so i would say probably around hat format is when i started getting competitive in the game and like really learning it so i usually tell people i started playing in 2014 because like it's kind of 
it's kind of disingenuous to be like, oh, I started playing in 2005. I'm, I'm a GOAT format player. Right. I, like, I had a DB1 Jinzo that got stolen from me in third grade, and that was it. <laughs> hey, man, that's part of, that's part of the Yu-Gi-Oh! journey. Why that's part of the, have a Jinzo that is part of Yu-Gi-Oh! Because Jinzo was that fucking card. Jinzo was if that you, card. If you've heard this podcast before, you've probably heard me talk about the time that I packed a secret rare first edition Jinzo. It's pretty much the first thing that I ever packed. I just want to say real and, quick, I'm sorry. Fraser is Netero right now. <laughs> just, his, fucking <laughs> hand, his hand was like after is after imaging. It was awesome. It's kind of cool looking, right? Uh, but no, I had a Jinzo first edition secret rare from Feral Servant, which was, and this is going to age me, but this was the, the pack of Yu-Gi-Oh! that was currently the newest at the time was feral servant and so this i'll never forget this one kid from my school wanted me to trade him my jinzo and at the time i was like no i, I kind of like my card a lot but then he showed me thousand eyes restrict and oh, i i love pegasus okay i didn't know anything about rarity so thousand eyes restrict was an ultra rare and feral feral servant jinzo was obviously secret rare and it was first edition so even back then it was worth a good amount of money not where it is now like now it's like 500 plus dollars for a first edition secret rare jinzo like it's yeah what was it like 60 70 couldn't be yeah it was it was work. expensive for a kid though like for our age right, yeah. I, this was this was i think eighth grade for me so it was expensive for a kid telling your mom or dad like hey can i have 60 dollars to buy this piece yeah. of shiny cardboard she yeah. sounds crazy. Like even now, I, I feel like that almost sounds a bit crazy to be like, "Hey, can I get sixty bucks?" Like if I had a kid, I would get it because I play Yu Gi Oh. And yeah. if they asked me for a crazy amount, even if they were like, "Yo, I need five hundred dollars for a playset of this spell card that's like a staple," I understand that. Like yeah. I get yeah. it. Yeah. But like, yeah, like triple tactics talent, I need it. Like a normal parent, like if they're pay- sp- spending sixty bucks, they think they're getting you like a box of cards. Like you're yeah. getting four hundred cards. They're like sixty for one card. They're like, "What'd you get?" And you I just show three cards. You better go mow the lawn. <laughs> like tour guy was one fifty a piece at a point, and I remember play sets were going for a deal was like four twenty. Like if you got if you got four twenty, that was that was great. Kenny, what the hell did you just do? I'm just- yeah, I said you minimized the stream for a second. Oh, that's weird. Anyway, no, that, we're here. Okay, I'm about to say that. Uh, I'll do that. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no. So back then I got juiced really bad. That was my first time ever getting juiced. Like I got destroyed by the fact that uh, somebody traded me a car from the show that I saw Pegasus play with, which was Thousand Dollars Restrict for my Genzo. And then I ended up having to settle for Tenzo, which did not take too long to come out, if I'm not mistaken. Like Genzo and Tenzo came out relatively close to each other. Yeah. And then once I got Tenzo... You know, I had to deal with the being teased about it because pe- some people still had the real thing, and you could I remember, tell. I remember people trying to do that to me, make fun of Tenzo. Um, I was like, "Does he turn all your traps off or not?" Are <laughs> like, your traps like I summon? They go, I summon Jinzo. They go, "Oh, that's not even a real Jinzo." I go, "Are your traps on? Like, do you have, can you play your traps?" No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Do I care? Are your traps on? Is great. Are your traps on? Yeah. No, that's amazing. So, um, all right. So you played. You started kind of like 2014. Now, when I think about 2014, I think about a couple things. I think about the format that has Shadal. Oh, yeah. Necros. It had Constellar, or not, Satellar Knight. Satellar Knight and Burning Abyss was 2014. Also, I feel like 2014 has, um, what's that ignorant pendulum? That's the first pendulum deck, too. Cleefort. Yeah, Cleefort, yeah. And it has Hat, Fat, Cat, Gat, uh, Sylvans. uh, Yeah, it's just, it's it's kind of funny. It's like, most of the time when you look at Yu-Gi-Oh, like if you look at two Yu-Gi-Oh formats in the same year, they have like a different band list, but it's pretty similar. Deck. Like a new deck might come out to be like, you know, better than the previous ones. And like, that's not uncommon. 
Yeah. But like 2014 is like a very easily divided year. Like, yes, there's a lot of formats. Yeah. On the one hand, you know, you have the Sylvans, a hat, Mermail, whatever. But then one set comes out, they are unplayable. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all new decks after that. For me, that was the year of Infernity. Every tournament I topped, I literally lost to Infernity. Um, it was the weirdest thing. Like, no matter what, I just would lose. I lost to Sahabi, who ended up winning Worlds that year, in the top cut of Nationals. So 2014 Nationals, I play Fat, which is Fire Fist, Artifact, Trap Tricks. And I top that tournament, I play Sahabi, and he rips a Infernity Archfiend off the top when, when I have complete control of the game, basically. And my protagonist. Yeah, anime protagonist, and then he wins, then he gets top six, goes to Worlds, wins Worlds. Crazy, and then after that, I'm pretty sure he wins the ARG, like, 20k or whatever that year. There was some crazy ARG tournament, and I feel like he won that, too. It was a wild time to be an Inferno player. Uh, and then he ended up getting banned, which was so random. <laughs> but yeah, 2014 was a wild For whatever ride. reason, that still sounds like a tracks with being an Inferno player. Getting banned, yeah. it just sounds like it, yeah. sounds like it lines up. <laughs> Well, no one believes you when you draw your Infernity Archmage off the top. They always think that you did something. They also think you yeah. set monsters. Did you set monsters back there in your spell oh, trap yeah. zone? Did you set monsters in the spell trap? That was the classic. People who set monsters in the spell trap card zone. Yeah, that was a big deal. They there was a YCS where they had to make a ruling, and the head judge announced before round one that if you combo off with Infernity, do not scoop to your opponent if they beat you with Infernity until they reveal their back row. Mm-hmm. That was the official rule that a head judge said literally at a YCS. I'll never forget that. That was wild. That's and it makes sense. Because people will scoop. Like if you set Dark Greffer, set Armageddon Knight, and just went off and they're in the back row, like no one's going to te- technically, no one knows. So that was just, uh, I'm glad that Konami knew that that was happening. Like I'm yeah. glad that they, that that wasn't lost on them and they made that an official thing. I'm using the word official loosely, but it was for that event. You had to reveal your actual spells and traps before the game was concluded. If you used Infernity and I, I've never seen him do anything like that before. So that's pretty artifact. Gruffer. <laughs> Somebody saw artifact. Gruffer. <laughs> artifact. Gruffer is nuts. Imagine in the middle of the combo. You just go, I'm a, I'm a MST your back row. And it's Gruffer. That's great. Yeah, I love that. Artifact Gruffer. That had to have happened, right? Like, in all of the duels, someone had to have gotten their whatever card, MST, and then they're like, uh... What do you do, right? They, like, point to the other one. They go, this one, right? Like, no, 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 the one to your right. Like, this one? Like, no. And then they switch. Know which one I want. (laughs) Yeah. I know it's like MST scoop. Because that's probably what happens. If you MST their monster in the back row... They, yeah, they got to scoop. scoop. The they have to. They have to. Yeah. They try to mine. And then you go, what first. was your back row? And they go, I, yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I had nothing. It was my solemn. Yeah. I had nothing. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have anything. It's like, oh, you were doing full combo, though. Uh, I, I didn't have a tuner. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> I drew, I drew both Beatles. Just... Yeah, I drew, yeah, I drew every, uh, the, uh, <laughs> 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 their shit up and leave. <laughs> they get the fuck out of there so quick Ooh. oh man Yu-Gi-Oh has a crazy history but uh okay so back to 2014 so this is like your first real year of Yu-Gi-Oh obviously you played when you were eight but that's not real we all had that yeah. our first format technically for everybody is not a real format it's just kind of like yeah. Yeah. hey man you're just you're messing around with cards you know my first format yeah. was real was it well i mean that was the real format at the time. Okay. Dude, I'll send the blue eyes from my hand without tributing. That was my at first that time, time playing Yu-Gi-Oh. Hitatsume Giant was the guy, you know? Yes. Like, I giant mean, I, Stone. There was a point in Yu-Gi-Oh when all you had was like fucking Seto Kaiba and, and Yu-Gi. That's, that's what Yu-Gi-Oh was. Yeah. 
Were we about to say? I Kenny? played um. I played a deck that had three card destruction and three heavy storm in it to summon Mega Rock Dragon. So I don't think I was playing some real Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Also, three card destruction. That was. I don't know if that was ever a thing outside of the very first format. Not even that format only has two. What? Yeah. So they knew card destruction was just that girl from the beginning. I remember. <laughs> I've told the story before, but when I used to think the side deck was a, a fifteen hard side deck that you put on the side of your deck and at the start of your turn you could choose which deck draw from so like you would put all your really good cards and those 15 cards and then like you would draw like when you need a good card you would draw from there like all right like can i get one of my good ones like that was like your heart of the cards deck i i agree the side deck me and my friends literally played where it was a 15 card deck of cards that you just chose that you wanted to really draw in a tight spot. And and we had like a rule because we realized that the side deck thing was too strong. So we had a rule where you couldn't draw from your side deck back to back. Yeah, You had to like take Same. multiple turns off from it. So just because obviously it, if that was the case, you would just draw from your side deck every turn and just have busted card after busted card after busted card. But we did draw from our side deck in the middle of the game. That was an actual thing that we did. And it's crazy that multiple people live that same life. Yeah, man. So, Cam, what's your what's your like first competitive deck in 2014? Like, what's the first real deck that you had? And there's so many in that in that year. Yeah, I uh, I think Mermail. Okay, uh, it's just kind of kind of funny. Like, literally just starting Yu-Gi-Oh, instantly throwing myself into like the more complicated deck of the format. But yeah, that was wild. Um, but I saw someone post a list, and I was like, well, these guys look cool, so I decided to play them. Um. They came out in 2012, which is crazy because they were still relevant for several years after 2012. Yeah, because we overdesigned them. They were like, oh, well, if this card stops Mermails, well, we'll print them a card that doesn't. It yeah. doesn't lose to it. And it's like, oh, you know, one thing that's always bothered me as a judge, especially, is that, okay, so like, for example, if you like brain control Spirit Reaper and your opponent negates the activation, Spirit Reaper won't die because it never activated. Right. Right. But like, but if you summon Abyss Pike and discard Dragoons, if you Divine Wrath the Abyss Pike, the activation was negated, but Dragoons still activates. Yeah, it's I always mean, bothered me because Yu-Gi-Oh's like those inconsistencies, right? And yeah, and it's but it's like it, that never mattered until Mermails came out. Is the thing like they never had that kind of interaction? Those effects didn't happen until Mermails came out, and they just were like, "Yeah, we want Mermails to be good, so the Dragoons still activates." That's literally what it was. <laughs> I mean, they got to sell product at the end of the day. You yeah. know what they were doing because that deck, when it came out, Megalo was outrageously expensive. Oh, I, yeah. think, I think when he first came out in 2012, he was over 100. Then he dropped down to like 70 bucks and he hovered around 70 for a very long time each. And then Abyss Tooth came out at some point and like, yeah, that deck was just wild, wildly expensive. I and, distinctly remember in 2014 looking up on TCG player to buy mermails and seeing that Abyss Megalo was it wasn't even a three of anymore, but it was still over a hundred dollars. Damn. Yeah, that's bad. And I was the crazy like, thing is the deck took a hiatus in twenty thirteen because Dragon Rollers came out and it was unplayable yeah. in that format. So it's weird how it went from the best deck in one of the best decks in 2012. 2013 takes a year off. 2014 it comes back and starts winning events again because Gear Gia was one of the best decks of the year and Gear Gia gets shit on by Mermails because they set monsters and you're just like Discard Mermail, or not Mermail, Abyss Landian, um, what's the one? Marksman, who pops set cards. So turn one, literally, you go set armor, set some number of background. If you can't stop Marksman from resolving, you just lose yeah. your initiative and the game starts to fall apart. But yeah, Water was a good deck. Definitely one of the more complicated, but the biggest abomination from 2012 is, is Abyss Dweller, right? That card 
stayed around and still um, has the, the card still runs there. some formats. Yeah. Yes, it literally runs formats to this day. Like Abyss Dweller is still outrageous. <sighs> so yeah, Abyss Dweller was another one of those cards. Like I didn't. So getting back in 2014, I'm only like 16 or 17 years old. You know, I yeah. can't like afford cards myself. So I didn't. Mm-hmm. So I so any of the decks I was playing on Dunlar and owns the only decks I owned in person were like I owned some Gladiator Beast cards and um <laughs> you found them in a trash can? <laughs> nah, I I think my friend had them and I like bought them off of them and then I like I bought like Gazars and Heraclos online or something and I was like okay, okay yeah there's no way Glad Beasts were playable back then they're I mean they're not playable playable but they're not like the worst they have Tinky and stuff you can yeah. like um. But yeah, so I didn't really own cards until like mid 2016 when I like really started like having my own money and also caring. And um, so there's a funny story around Necros format. Like Necros had just come out, and you know how like they split that set up into like they put like three or four Necros cards into the core set, and then they yeah. released this, the next one that was like all Necros cards, and they were all short printed, and they were all a thousand dollars, and no one was allowed to have the deck. So. I go to locals for the only time that format, actually. The only time I went to locals that format, uh, I only had my Gladiator Beast deck on me, and the guy had just purchased full power Necros. I'm talking like Brio at three, Jin is legal, Prep at three. Like, he just purchased the deck, full power, sleeved it up, and I asked if he wanted to play. So he's like, yeah, sure, that's fine. So I'm playing Gladiator Beast. I go and I summon Heraklinos instead of Chariot, and I win game one. And he's like, all right, you got me, cool. So we go to game two, and the exact same thing happens. And so so I'm playing Glad I 2 over this guy with his fresh Necros deck. And then he's like, he he asked me for a rematch. I'm like, no, man, sorry, my mom's here. I got to go. And like, I just ruined that whole man's, like, I bet, I bet he sold that deck 10 minutes later. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so bad. That's yeah. awesome. Hit him with the mom. <laughs> Wait, okay. Now I, I also have to know, was he, like, older than you? By a good yeah. Amount? Oh, I he was that. like, yeah, it was like bust probably thirty. Head, bust this old head's ass and then tell him my mom's here. <laughs> yeah, <fucking dude>. awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. So it wasn't until like probably around early two thousand six, like you know, when they started releasing the structure decks, like the the, the Draco or the Perform Pal structure deck, or the Magicians. That's what oh, it was. Yeah. The Magician that structure is deck. One of my favorite structure. formats, but only because I got third place at YCS Atlanta that year. I almost won two YCS Atlantas. And that format is not healthy at all. No. But, but like, I love the feeling of comboing off with that deck and just knowing that you won the duel because I played the one with Ariadne and it had like the counter traps. Mm-hmm. So once I comboed off, it was game 1,000, 1 million percent because I just have like strike, strike, like strike. And then also your whole board full of monsters. <laughs> yeah, like... I'd have Trap Tricks, Rathlesia. I think that was her name, the Xyz. Yeah. Uh, and then I also have, uh, what's the guy? Uh, Cyber Infinity, Cyber Dragon Infinity yeah. that negates anything. And then I'd, I also have like five or six cards in hand. So it was just <laughs> absolutely unhinged. I would literally, after I comboed off, I would play so ignorantly. My opponent would do anything. Yeah. I'd just be like, strike, do something else, strike. I'm not even, I don't even care what you're doing. I'm not even considering like, oh, maybe I don't need to strike that. I can just let that go. Like, nope, I'm just going to strike it so that you scoop. Like, just yeah, let's, yeah, not like even, let's not waste time. When you have all the, all those cards left in hand after your, after your combo is done, you're just, you don't even care anymore. You're like, like you, okay, break my board. You're not going to kill me and I'm just going to do it again. Like, yeah. like, you, like you just, strike and fend to your fleas you have a first thing they're left with like what two cards what are they going to do also uh now that you said that so you were around in 2016 but there's no way in the world you had 
the money necessary to afford that deck, right? Like that deck was expensive no, 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 no. as hell. No, that was a, it was bad. That was a summon vanity scene pass format. Yes. Also, <laughs> so frog monarchs, not frog monarchs, actual monarch, domain monarchs was a yeah. deck. And luckily, you know, it wasn't obviously it wasn't on the same level as Pepe, but it did have one good matchup in the format, which was Cosmo. And oh, yeah. at YCS Atlanta 2016, the one that we're talking about, uh, there were 29 performer pile decks in top cut. 29. There was one yeah, Cosmo. I remember the numbers. It was yeah, 29, one Cosmo, and two monarchs made it. So you could theoretically lose to a monarch player if they went first and they opened up domain and you just had nothing to. I, I made deck Twin Twister in my deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Twin Twister just came out, actually, that card is insane. Could you imagine Twin Twister in an older format? It'd be, it'd be not. It's it's just three more heavy storms because of the way we yeah, play around it. It really is three more heavy. Yeah, that card when it came out, it really changed Yu-Gi-Oh forever. I feel like Twin Twister comes out in 2016, and a lot of the cards from that set get get like banned, or uh, they did the the emergency ban list for that, right? They yeah. like Monkey Board got roofed and a bunch of cards got hit to one and stuff they made the deck basically unplayable but then twin twister solemn strike were still mainstays for a long time and twin twister with burning abyss like later on just ended up being so crazy because of the fact that they all are graveyard effects yeah so just um, like, do you remember the burning abyss monarch deck yes that was so that was my favorite deck of 2016 of all of the entire year that is my favorite deck kenny's laughing at me still doing netero stuff i think i, I can't <laughs> help it like the most listen all right for me, the most entertaining thing right now is just watching Frazier. <laughs> like, <I'm>, <laughs> <laughs> like every time, Fra- like right now, Frazier's hiding behind his own chair. Like he's, <laughs> he's fucking awesome. Oh man, that's hilarious. Mirror dimension. <laughs> I'm all powerful here. Look at that. I'm Manju of ten thousand hands. Mm-hmm. Manju of ten thousand hands. This is what I yo. This is going to crash someone's computer. Like somebody watching this on like a shit computer, like it'll just fucking uh, crash their computer. This is so. This is so good. Okay, what were we even talking about? We were talking about 2016. Oh, Twin Twister, and you said Burning Abyss Monarchs. That yeah. was my favorite deck of the whole year because I felt like the number of plays you could do were infinite. Beatrice, Aether, plus uh, Monarch Storm Fourth. Uh, what's the what's the dark monarch guy's name? The Erebus. Erebus was insane. You could discard cards to bring him back to your hand, so you always had a monarch. It solves that problem. It's like Swap Frog, but overpowered. Everything about that deck was overpowered. I love that. Like, I love yeah, that. that deck was. Um, I still have that deck built. I still fit together. Yeah, I love Domain Monarch, and then it won nationals that year. Domain Monarchs actually won yeah. nationals. You, I mean, it's kind of funny because like you look at uh, like Pepe from three or four months earlier, and it's literally in the like four digits to buy the deck it, like it's in full and like you see how dominant it was and then <laughs> eric christian pulls up to nats for 30 dollar deck and is like hey guys yep really really powerful deck yeah i didn't realize that domain monarchs was broken until way after it had already been discovered by everyone so i was playing cosmo that year i think that i got snake charmed a little bit by mccabe because mccabe is an amazing deck builder he came up with the Cosmo Card of Demise deck. And we both top mm-hmm. YCS Providence that year with Cosmo Card of Demise. And then everybody was talking about Card of Demise and like, you know, that whole thing. But the problem is Cosmo naturally couldn't beat Monarchs. It super couldn't beat Monarchs once you added the fact that Card of Demise prevents you from special summoning and stuff. Like, yeah, I think it prevents you from special summoning. Um, 
but the deck was it was good because you set all you know summon ten can set five or set four then activate card of demise and then you draw and in end phase you like do your whole thing but at the same time it just i don't know it never panned out against the monarch matchup i ended up getting eliminated by monarchs and top cut you just yeah i mean basically a big issue was that like your best card art destroyer can't be targeted but Stormform doesn't target and yeah. erebus doesn't target yeah and really, like really yeah just that was the that was a format where I think people still kind of have like this uh, this kind of bias against targeting cards because like there are still cards that can't be targeted. But like that was a format where like people were really like, oh, this card targets, it's awful. Yes. Like, and it's not it's not even necessarily true because there are only ever like a few cards at a time that just can't be targeted. But you know, when it's something like Dark Destroyer, that's a bit of an issue. And like even today, I feel like it's it's pretty much just Dragoon, right? yeah it's not popular it's not really played i don't think dragoon's played anymore which is crazy because you read that card it reads as one of the absolute best Yu-Gi-Oh cards of all time like not even kidding it says can't be targeted can't be destroyed by card effects uh pop to pop up the two guys on your opponent's side of the field and then they take and ring destruction and they take ring of destruction for each he does oh negate a card and he gains a thousand attack it sounds like somebody went to Yu-Gi-Oh card maker just and just started typing up. yeah so i just started typing I mean, I guess he's just, you got to make your deck too inconsistent to run him, I guess. Yeah, which is so annoying because I really like that card. In fact, I returned to Yu-Gi-Oh! Kinda. I wasn't playing, but I went back to Locals for the first time in years. It was in 2021, I want to say. And at the time, Dragoon was playable. It was actually one of the best cards in the format. A lot of people had built their decks to deal with Dragoon because he was that insane. And I thought that he was going to be around until they got rid of him. I thought that Konami would have to get rid of Dragoon order for him to not be played anymore i never thought that he would get power crept out of the format oh uh, well never it wasn't so much dragoon losing his like his power it was a fact that like once they banned verde anaconda you, yeah. you had you had to you now you had to play three with fusions and hard draw it instead of just play one and be able to make it with two effect monsters but do you remember that it, it, he already was getting phased out when, yeah, uh, yeah, because Dark because um Phoenix Enforcer came out. Yeah, Phoenix Enforcer. The strong um, Phoenix Enforcer came out. And and once he came out, Dragoon just became second fiddle, which is crazy because okay, if you asked me a while ago to read both of these cards, which one do I think is better? I would think by reading both of the cards that Dragoon is the better card overall. Yeah, but then right, right, because like destroy Phoenix Enforcer doesn't have nearly as many effects. It just has like, oh, a pop card on my field, a pop card on your field, and I come back every turn. And Dragoon just has 18 effects on it. Plus, yeah. it gets 4,000 attack, and it's permanent. Then it goes to 5,000 attack. And it's like, oh, yeah, I definitely pick. And it also looks cooler, in my opinion, too. I think Dragoon just looks insane. Um, I feel like it's uh, it's just like you got to consider, like, the destru- like Dragoon has destruction immunity, but, I mean, so does Destroyer. Destroy Phoenix, yeah, in a yeah. way. And then, like, the interaction that Destroyer Phoenix Enforcer has is more like game. lenient. Yeah, like you can just like you can just fire it off like whenever you need to, and he goes and to it, the grave where he's safer. Like, and it complements. It also complements other cards like Artifact Sanctum and Scythe and stuff like that. Yeah, because you can. Yeah, you because you can do the um. What's the Link Monster that artifacts have? Um, Dagda. Uh, Dagda. Yeah. Yeah, you can like set the Scythe from your deck, and then you know summon your Phoenix Enforcer. And they start their turn, and you just pop your scythe, and it's like, okay, <laughs> have fun. Alex, and Alex, the man said Dragoon does super well into DPE, and that was the funny part. So, like, yeah. I'm saying that against against DPE, Dragoon is actually pretty good. The important thing to consider is DPE equals draw two in the future. Yes, that was the other thing. So, and this is what I said initially was power creep. Like Dragoon is broken, but then DPE, you send Celestial to the grave. The, the yeah, you Celestial. actually get value from it. 
And you actually get a draw two in the middle of the game, which is fucking unheard of. Like, that is so dumb that you get the pot of greed with also having DPE access. Yeah, Yeah, but this commander doesn't pop a card every turn. Well, yes, it's this commander 30 years later. (laughs) It really is, though. It really is. (laughs) Remember this commander? This is him now. There's just a picture of Celestial and DPE together. Yeah, it is a wild time. Um, well, I always ask this question though: if you could bring a card to Edison format from Modern, and you get three copies of it, if you could bring any card from Modern Yu Gi Oh, so up to literally today's date, you could bring three copies of it into Edison format. What would it be for you? Oh man, um, it could be anything. I don't care what it is, as long as it's a Modern legal card right now. You can bring you can bring three copies of it into Edison. I don't put you oh, on the spot man, a little bit here. It's hard, right? Yeah, because like take some time, think about and, it. All right. You know? So while you're thinking about it, I'll. I'll I know. I know what it is. Actually, Diamond Core Kawaki Mirror. Diamond Core Kawaki Mirror. That's the. Yeah. What does that card do? I don't know what that card does. Right, let me let me look it up. It's like Rota for Kawaki Mirrors, but Diamond Core. Yeah. Okay. So it says add one Kawaki Mirror card from your deck to your hand, except Diamond Core, and then it says you can banish this card from your graveyard for the rest of this turn. Kawaki Mirror monsters you control cannot be destroyed. So you don't even have you don't even have to pay for in phase costs anymore because they can't be destroyed by anything. Oh, this card is insane! It's a roto on crack for the deck. Yeah. So you're you're very nice. Uh, th- what you want to bring it, into the format is just very fair. You just want to make like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to like ruin everyone's day. Like okay. like you seem to be. Well, I'm I'm problematic, you know. So my diamond core is a, that's a great one, Cam, because that will not ruin the format. That'll just make Quacky Mirror an S tier deck. deck. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it will make it an S tier deck. But like, I don't think that it'll be. It will not be the end of Edison format. Yeah. I I always said that it would be either between um, Fenrir, the fucking <laughs> the new Fenrir card, Cash Tier Fenrir, which is like one oh of the best cards of all. I know, right? That's like terrible. And the other one, and this is the one that I really like, um, Dragoon. I would actually bring. Dragoon, you would bring Dragoon so that people can just poly their dark magician and their red eyes and like so sometimes with the game. <laughs> my whole deck would just be Prisma dot deck, like three equal <laughs> Rota, three Prisma, and it King of the Swamp and polymerizations. And my whole goal would be to summon Dragoon because in Edison format, you got Volcanic Queen or yeah, I think that's her name. You got like Volcanic Queen and you got Lava Golem. There aren't many ways to out a Dragoon in the entire format though. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you get it off the field in that format without Volcanic Queen, Lava Golem. I'm trying to think about the outs. There are not many outs in the format to deal with Dragoon, though. Mm. So once he's on the field, granted, I mean, I am going to go Neg to summon it because, like, I'm fusing with real material. Like, I'll play three Red Eyes, three Dark Magicians, six Prismas, seven Prismas, you know, the whole deal. It'll be a Neg to summon it. But, like, once I get it on the field, what do you do? Like, what do you even do? Yeah. So I don't know, but I like your answer a lot. You have a very, very modest answer for what you would bring in an Edison format at three. <laughs> and that Iron Core, Iron Core, Diamond Core, actually, Diamond Core of Quacky yeah. Um, Okay, that was a good one. So I want to ask you a question. You brought up this earlier in passing, but you you mentioned being a judge. Uh, how did that happen? Were you a judge in real, like in real Yu-Gi-Oh, like real life Yu-Gi-Oh? Or just no, I, um, I became a judge on Dilly Network before I was actually certified in, in person. Um, I you just, just have a natural inter- interest in adjudicating, I guess. I uh, yeah, I mean, it was like I saw that they wanted judges, and I was like, "Well, I'm terrible at playing, so I guess I can try judging." <laughs> That's very, <laughs> very honest. To, to you know, we all had that period where we were ass. Yeah, and so I was like, so this was like January 2015. I'd like not been on. I've been on Donair for about a year. Yeah, and um, and I just uh, I just took the exam, and the passing score was 16 out of 20. And I was like really confident in like 15 and then I get to the last question and I, and I just had to guess. 
and I was like, oh Jesus, you know, like this is yeah. like, it, and I get I get it right, I get it right, I get sixteen out of twenty, they hire me, and um, there's some rough times throughout the the judging career for Dually Network. I was like, I was a kid, so I was like kind of immature, and we would, you know, there will be problems that come up, but like, well, some things never change. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Shout out to shout out to all the Discord servers where Cam is an absolute menace. Okay, Cam is an absolute menace on Discord. This guy is great. Um, but okay, so yeah, you said that you ended up getting like hired, and so wait, you went from being a judge on Dueling Network, and eventually that transitions into Dueling Book. Yeah, but how did? Did you tell them like, "Hey, I used to do this already"? That did you use your previous resume to kind of like get? In oh well, well, X X Steven, the guy who owns Dolan Book, was a senior admin on Dolan Network. Okay, so you just so like, like I already know this person, yeah. Yeah, so when he made Dolan Book, I was like, "Hey, man, you need judges." He was like, "Yeah, sure," and so he was like, "Here you go." And then can you give I us left. a little bit of the? Oh, okay, go ahead. Say what you're going to say. Then I want to ask. I want to ask you to give us a little bit of the life of a Dolan Book slash Dueling Network judge, like what it entails. Well, okay, so I left Dueling Book for a little while, and then um, I came back, and he had, like, GOAT format rated pool, and I, I know the GOAT format rulings really well. I helped compile a bunch of them, like, GOATformat.com is, like, one of the sites I, I helped to work on. Uh, and, I never knew that. That's cool. Yeah, and he was like, and I was like, listen, man, you need some GOAT format judges. If you, like, rehire me, I will get on right now and take all of these GOAT format calls, because, like, I've been watching a GOAT format duel that had a judge call that had been lasting like 30 minutes and no judge was coming no judge was online and i messaged him i was like dude i will take all of these calls right now if you just like hire me as like your as your goat format guy and he was like okay yeah. sure so I, so he rehires me i get on i take all the calls eventually i become a senior and now i'm a head admin of dueling book i'm like the goat head judge if we ever add edison i'd be the edison head judge on dueling book as well i guess can i just interrupt you real quick i don't know i don't know what your connections are but I don't understand why that hasn't become a thing yet on Dueling Book. Like, why is an Edison rated pool? I don't. I don't. Um, it make, real questions. It make right everybody's now. life a lot easier. Saying it's because it it's because people unironically, I, I this is you know kind of a like a meme answer, but like it's unironically because people keep asking, and so like every time that someone. Every time we even toy with the idea of an Edison pool, someone's like, okay, well, how about half format pool? How about a Tengu plan format pool? And X-Steven's just, like, sick of people asking. Mm. Like, I, mean, I get that, but one of those forms, like, Edison at, at this point and for the last, like, year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I, I mean, if like we had another rated form. pool, it's obviously Edison, and there wouldn't be any after it. Yeah. But, like, um, but he just doesn't like the slippery slope of people adding from asking for more and more formats. I mean, is it? And also, we don't have really have a judge staff at the moment, so that's another thing. But. Okay, that those are fair things. So basically, uh, short staffed <laughs> is one of the reasons why I think that saying because people keep asking for it is a bad excuse, though. If I'm if I'm being honest, yeah, it's, not because, it's not because people keep asking for Edison. It's because people keep asking for every other format under the sun. Right, right, right. So it yeah, like opens yeah. up the can of worms. Like once you do one, now we want you to do Tengu. Now we want you yeah. to do Hat. Now we want you to do Dragon Rollers. Now we want you, and then it just it never stops. But I think it never I think a good response is like even just stealing kind of what Fraser said. Uh, now. Now, months or months ago or whatever but like people have asked fraser what other formats he's interested in and fraser said like there's other really cool formats however i'm not interested in fragmenting the community at the moment like right now right. the community is on edison and so even though there, there are other cool formats but we just just started getting recognition from konami through edison right. format let's not fragment the community let's really stand behind this and push this format 
maybe years down the line, maybe you know, whatever down the line, we'll see what happens. But for now, that's exactly how I feel. Yeah, don't fragment the format. Edison's cool. Obviously, goats already established. So goats a thing. Yeah. Modern's a thing. And then like Edison, and then everything else is just like I don't know, play it in your Discord server. Yeah, yeah. I'm well, I mean, I, obviously Kenny did say that that was uh, something I said a while ago, but I just want to re reiterate that is exactly how I feel. I get asked very often, oh, what about Tangu format? Oh, what about Hat or only? And they and people always try to sell me on it and say how much better these other formats are. And whether that's true or not, I don't care. Like I don't care if there are formats better than Edison right now at this very moment. The content that I'm creating, the content that I enjoy creating, and the community that I enjoy supporting is specifically the Edison community. What do you you want to say, some Kenny? Also, they don't know that. They don't know that the format's better than Edison because people haven't looked at the format the way. Like yeah, Edison I mean, wasn't what it is right now two three years ago. Edison right. is what it is now after hundreds of people have now like gone and then there's people like rognark or i don't know how to ever say his name right but every other week he comes up with a new fucking frog build that's like nobody fucking thought of and so all these other formats people think are better like they could be horrible once people start looking at them (laughs) that's very true so they are (laughs) i'm always nervous because the bigger the carpool gets in Yu-Gi-Oh, the worse there is a chance of something ridiculous uh presenting itself so for for example people love talking about hat format my experience with hat format in actual 2014 was that infernity was outrageous and i do not wish to replay a format where that deck is very very good like that is not that's just not what i want to do and modern hat players are like infernity's not that good infernity's not that good that's because there's 20 of you and only one person plays infernity like it's it's if you had as many people playing edison playing hat as you have playing edison or goat you would have a substantial more number of infinity players and you would hate the format a lot more yeah and it, it's all it's that and it's also just the fact that like it's it's also the fact that oh oops i'm moving hold on let me see if i can move this <laughs> moving us over I, don't, I just noticed that we weren't like centered this whole time no one told me that we weren't centered oh so yeah those formats don't have the level of talent either that edison format currently has no disrespect to anybody who plays these other formats i'm sure that there are good people in them right like there's always going to be a, a handful of them but like <laughs> look at what happened here what would i do i don't know you said we're not centered and now now we're just <laughs> got absolutely scuffed <laughs> now we're just completely scuffed i'm gonna move us back all right we're back i don't know Laura what happened Lord lift us up where we belong. Anyway, I, I just like I like touching things. Um, but yeah, uh, so someone did someone put in the chat ask Cam his opinion on Tengu. The format's awful. It's so bad. Okay, I'll let you guys know because I know Cam. So Cam basically hates every format of Yu-Gi-Oh. Like essentially every format, Cam complains. And and don't get me wrong, I'm right there with him. I pretty much complain about every format because because I live through most of them. And I know that in reality, most Yu-Gi-Oh formats are not good. Like it's there's like an 80% chance that every format you think is good is actually just terrible. Yeah. And you you either aren't good enough to realize it or you just didn't live through it. So you don't you don't have the experience to know that it wasn't actually a good format. Like a lot of form 80 percent or more and i know it's a random stat i think it's impressive though like edison i think edison survived like we have decks that are slowly becoming better and better and like pushing ahead of the pack but <laughs> it's surprisingly a stable format all things considered with how much people have been yeah outside of like the frog combo stuff that no one is willing to play except for like one or two people it's yeah, like thank, thank god that there are only two people in the entire format who are willing to actually ruin everyone else's experience with the frog combo deck because that could theoretically be like the best deck in a format but i'm so glad that virtually no one plays it yeah 
uh, I want to look at the chat real quick because there's a lot in here. So GBO says, isn't Rognark just a shortened version of Frog and Monarch? That's not actually his name. No. His name isn't Rognark, it's Ronak or Ronak. And it's not even spelled Rognark. That's not how you spell it. That's what Kenny said because a lot of people actually say it that way. But it's not, you would think though, right? Like Frog and Monarch. Yeah, is, is uh, that's what I thought when I first met him, but it's actually just an Irish word. Yeah, it's something Irish. It has nothing to do with Frog Monarch. Or I won't say that because I actually don't know. But it, the spelling of it, the way it's written, is not actually um, Rognark. That is not actually what it is. So let's see. What, is, what else is in the chat? Fraser's on a treadmill. Uh, then <laughs> the person who asked you the question about Tango Format, knowing that you would hate it, said, that's exactly why I asked. That's, that's Ben Bond Ben. Alex oh, yeah. says, Cam isn't lying. This time, Tango is stupid. Snack, Snack says, Draco Zoo is the only format Cameron likes. Is this true? Yeah, that format's the only, that's the only good format we've ever had. Draco Zoo 2017, Christian LeBlanc wins his third YCS. I, I think that the only format you're ever going to find better than Edison, as far as like gameplay-wise, for the yeah. community as a whole, are all ARC-5 formats. So Necroz, Draco Zodiac. Um, not pure Zoo, not, not the first Zodiac format, because you have like three rats and Norden and stuff. Yeah, but like I think Draco Zodiac is a really good format. I think like I think um, Necroz, both with and without Jen, are pretty fine. What about Warrior um, Toolbox format? Is fun. <laughs> <laughs> Warrior Toolbox that that's taking it really far back. <laughs> um, uh, I wanna I wanna let's see. There was a question I wanted to ask you. Oh, someone Mayberry said, "What do you think about the?" The Yu-Gi-Oh scene in North Carolina. I think it might be the Edison scene, but it's a thoughts. Oh yeah, thoughts on the. Um, I don't know what I just said. Thoughts on the North Carolina player base is what the question was. Sorry. Um. So having gone now to Vegas and Los Angeles to play Edison, uh, now at Vegas it was only like seven or eight other people, and like a lot of them were also at Los Angeles. So I'll just go off Los Angeles. Keegan was really hyping up the LA players, and so the whole time. He's like, yeah, I mean, you guys are going to do great, but these guys, they're not slouches. They're they're insane. They're, you know, like, these guys are really good. There's so many YCS winners and toppers, like, all in the L.A. Edison scene. And I go, and it just didn't, it didn't feel as difficult as my locals. Yeah. And I was like, and maybe it's because, like, you know, I've got people in my locals, like Sasha, who beat me in Rekoko in the, um, 3v3 like this past weekend we got second place to them it was sasha yiching who is the guy who beat you at the 2k with oh, the thanks for reminding player. me yeah fuck you in your undefeated record <laughs> but, yes. but um yeah that was sasha yiching and and adam and those guys beat us in the finals of 3v3 and like maybe it's because i've played against them so much that like know what to do against me yeah but they feel tougher than like going out to LA and playing against people who've won YCSs. Like it just like the competition in LA and also might have been my bracket luck, maybe. But like it just felt kind of soft out there. Uh, and I feel like what, I want to interject real quick. Here's what I think. I think in general, and this just makes sense. I think that what I'm saying is just a logical thing. There is no local scene in a world that is going to be better than the online world in pretty much any competitive thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Like if you online, think about yeah, it, everyone. online is all of the best people who want to play can play. They don't have to worry about can I get to California to play in this in real life event or can I get to Vegas or whatever. They're just all there. So like yeah. all of the good people who are from Italy or Europe in general, all the people from Canada, all the people from North America or like the United States or whatever, Japan, technically everyone could be playing Edison format with us in the Discord server 
and you don't need to physically be there. When you are physically in a place, you are limited to the people normally who are either one who have the resources and are willing to travel long distances to get to that place. Like obviously me, when I used to play at a high level, I would travel no matter where the YCS was, I would fly to it. Uh, but I had a sponsor, so that made it easier because the resources to do that, it's very expensive. Uh, yeah. And me, I was one of the better players, but imagine if I could only play at events that were close to the tri-state area, New York, Philadelphia, Jersey, et cetera. Like, it's kind of hard to say that any tournament that's far out in the West Coast where a lot of people don't travel to necessarily is indicative of high competition just because like, oh, there are some, there are some good players there. Like, sure, there sure. are. But if you want the hardest experience, if you want like the, the real deal, an online tournament technically should have anyone who's good who's willing to play is has access yeah. to it i'll add the small ca- caveat that like it does depend on how the environment's brought up i think for edison that's one million percent true because it was yeah kind of born as an online community but i remember and maybe this has changed nowadays but i remember back when dueling network was like first a thing and even years after being was a thing a lot of the really good Yu-Gi-Oh players um you know didn't put much like they wouldn't like fraser wasn't entering dn tournaments you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like if there were any, I did not like the online someone. scene for like dueling network at the time. People weren't like, wasn't necessarily the strongest scene because like not all of the best players really put time in the like being playing rated on DN. Like the number one rated player in DN wasn't necessarily one of the best, the best players, players in the, in the world. world. Yeah. yeah. Just because like the, the environment of how it came up was different. And I think like the same was true for fighting games. I think now fighting games, there's a much stronger online scene because most fighting games are getting rollback now. But before fighting games had rollback, good fighting game players did not ever want to play online because they were like, <laughs> you're right. They were like, I'm not. No, fuck you. Like, I'm not playing online. You know what's so funny about that, though? You said that, Kenny, the rollback Neko, how it changed the world. Yeah. I want to talk about this. A little, this is getting off to an, a little bit of an aside because we're going to talk about fighting games for a split second here. But Smash Ultimate, right? is a game that has an online community and online sucks in smash ultimate because nintendo fucking sucks when it comes to their online experience it's just not up to par everyone knows this there's input lag there's all kinds of other technical issues that they just have rollback netcode helps with this kenny you want to say something real quick i just want to say it's just funny because like the online could be fine look at Monster could Hunter rise like look at Monster Hunter rise. Like, the online could be fine but like but it's not it's, it's terrible. just not <laughs> So Smash Ultimate is a is one of the biggest fighting games in the world. It's one of the biggest fighting games of all time. And the craziest thing is right now, the best player in the world is Spargo. And he started as an online player during the pandemic. Before the pandemic happened, Spargo wasn't even somebody that you would consider like top anything in the world. He was just whoever he was, some random kid. The pandemic happens. We're all in like in our houses we're all doing a lot of things online because we don't have a choice there's no more fighting game tournaments in real life there's no more anything there's no more Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments in real life so everybody has to find new ways to be competitive spargo ends up being the best player online right him and sonics were like the two best mm-hmm. sonics not not in the best way but spargo ends up being the best player in smash ultimate online and everyone was saying i can't wait until <laughs> in real life events come back yeah. because all of these fake people who are good in online they're going to be nobodies in real life comes back well Spoiler alert, it's 2023 now. In real life events have been happening for the last year and a half. And Spargo is the best player in the world over MK Leo, who was by far the best player. He's not even in consideration for best player in the world right now. And on top of that, the other guy, Sonics, is also top 10 in the world. And he was also thought to be, once the pandemic is over, once people go back to in real life, you're going to be a nobody. Spargo, you're going to be a nobody. It's going to go back to Leo wins everything, and the world will be at peace. And that just did not happen. You know what's funny about that? And this is, this goes kind of to like the fallacies of 
human mind or whatever and how they put things together or like not fully understanding an argument when you argue it. The people that said that like, oh, Spargo is not going to be real when it comes back. They're, they were comparing a COVID world, a post-COVID world, a post-online everything world to like before. Before, yeah. the best players in the world never entered online tournaments. So you never That's got... True those competitions but the best players in the world were still playing everyone because they were traveling the world and they were playing people in la philadelphia new york canada fucking peru wherever right they were traveling and so they were playing all the time entering tournaments and they were really good and they weren't entering online tournaments where online tournaments before were just online kids so if you were the best online kid it would make sense to be like oh he's not real until he enters a real tournament because he's never actually played against real people during covid Spargo was playing against anybody that still wanted to actually compete. That he was the environment. Yeah, many times. That was the environment to compete in. And people like people that refused to play online, that meant they had two or three years where they just weren't playing competitively. They got Finish rusty. Showed. They weren't in tournaments traveling the world. So like it's a completely different mindset and a different argument. And so to think somebody who excelled in the COVID era of online would actually suck when offline came back is like pure cope. Like, yep, it was. And it, yo, people got embarrassed because they started losing to these online only players when things went back to, uh, back to normal or whatever normal is now. I want to get into the chat real quick. Cause there are some questions here. So, uh, so Alex, the man says, who was your sponsor? How did you get one? So my sponsor was ARG was the first one I ever had. I rejected their first offer when, so I won a YCS and then I topped a couple YCS and then Jim, the owner of ARG came to me at, I believe it was, I don't know, YCS Providence or something like that. He came up to me. He was like, Hey, uh, I have a team, as you know, like we write articles, we do stuff. We, you know, we have a store online store and all that stuff. And I wanted to know if you wanted to come on. It's like Billy Brake was on a team. I think at the time, Jeff Jones was on the team too. Uh, Alex Van Sant, Cordero. It was a stacked roster. And I told him straight up, I said, I won a YCS on my first ever top. And I am not sure if I'm actually as good as everyone thinks I am. Because it could just be, I could be one of those people that, you know, they only top that one event and you never hear from them again. Yu-Gi-Oh! has a history, even at that time, right? This is 12 years ago. Even at that time, Yu-Gi-Oh! had a history of people who would like win an event and then they would never top anything ever again. Like you never, you never see that person again. It's like, okay, well, that was probably variance. Because if that person is still playing and in big events and they're just not doing well ever, I assume that at that point, they're probably not actually that good. And they just had a good day because anyone can have a good day. So I wanted to prove myself. And what I did was I went on a topping spree with different decks. I had a chip on my shoulder that I could top with like, I could top with anything. So I started playing. I went from Gravekeepers to Dragoonity. I, I played uh, McCabe was uh, topping everything with X-Saber. So I said, I can do that too. So I played X-Sabers. I topped with that. Then I switched to Agents and I topped with that. Then I switched to Plants and I topped with that. And I was like, at the end of the year, that same year that he asked me when I rec- uh, declined it, I was like, okay, I will now take you up on the offer because I feel like I'm good enough to sit at the table with the big dogs. Like, I, I feel like now I've put enough credentials under my belt to say I'm clearly good at this game. I'm clearly able to consistently perform well. It wasn't just a one-time thing where, you know, you top this one event and then you're, you're never to be seen from again. Uh, so once he started sponsoring me, that meant that we got free hotels at every event, which is now that I look back on it, because I'm way older now. When I, I was a kid, I was such a fucking shitty like spoiled. I was such a spoiled brat. Dear God, I was spoiled. But like now that I'm older and I understand money better because I pay my own bills now and everything. Like at the time I was so, so young, I didn't really have to, like my parents paid everything when I was a kid. Um, but now that I'm older and I understand and respect like people using their money on you is a, is a blessing in general. And he would pay for like all of our hotels. So we always had a hotel every event. And 
in my head, I took it for granted because it's just like, oh, whatever, like it's just a hotel. But now, like, hotels are expensive. Like, they're fucking expensive yeah. as hell. <laughs> and then he would pay for not every flight, but if if my flight was from Philadelphia to Seattle, which is for me, that's far and very expensive for me because I live all the way on the East Coast in Philadelphia. Seattle is extremely far. So he'd be like, I'll pay for that flight because that one is insane. But if there's an event in like, I don't know, Jersey, right? Like you, you get, you can, you get yourself. Yeah. You get yourself to Jersey, even something that's, that's like a six hour drive, like North Carolina, right? Jim would not fly me to North Carolina. Cause one, that flight is literally an hour from Philadelphia. And the flight is also like 78 bucks. Like even right now, if I want to go to nationals, which I'm going this week, but I'm driving with my friends, but I could fly there for $78 and it's an hour flight. Or I could drive there with my friends for six hours. And it's like, so he'd be like, yeah, that you could take care of that yourself. You still have your, you still have your hotel and everything. But as far as like, you know, flying to every event is like, no, only the events where you really need to be flown to because it's that. So anything in California, anything in like Seattle, it's Arizona, stuff like that. He paid for it. And then we wrote articles and he compensated us for writing articles too. Um, but that was basically how I got a sponsor was showing that I was a good player, showing that I was a consistently good player. Also, it was mandatory that if you were on the ARG team that you had to write articles every week. So like that was another thing that we did. And I, I happen to enjoy writing. Now this can transition perfectly into Cam. You happen to also write articles or have in the uh, past at least. I have uh, written a few. So I've been working on one for a while too. It's like really long though. Where can they find your actual article content? Like, is there a website that you can do? Yeah, I don't have to? my own website. I just have like on my dueling book profile. I have a link to like everything I've written. Okay, so it's on your dueling book. So if you just go to Canvas yeah. Honors on dueling book, it's in your profile. Yeah. Um, and what what made you like? What inspired you to even write Yu Gi Oh articles? Because I believe I think I know the answer. Like, part of it is Magic the Gathering, but I'll let you explain obviously for yourself. Yeah, I really have Magic the Gathering articles and like. Um, I feel like there are a lot of ideas in Yu-Gi-Oh that like they encapsulate, but just not perfectly. So like anytime someone's like, oh, you know, you know, like read who's the beatdown or even philosophy of fire or something. It's like, those are great articles. I also have them linked because I mean, I really enjoy them. I think they're, you know, some immortal articles for card games, but like they don't really apply to Yu-Gi-Oh like they do to magic. Yeah. Um, like not one-to-one comparison. Yeah. 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 They're not, they're not one-to-one. And so I think it's important to like, have a base of of knowledge that applies specifically to the game you're playing. And another thing is that like these magic articles reference magic cards a lot. And I don't play magic, so I don't know magic cards. I, I every time I see a magic card in in like a Star City Games article, I have to hover over it and read what it does, and then like read like nine or ten of them back to back to like piece together like what interaction they're talking about. And it's like, but if you play Yu Gi Oh and the person writing the article is using Yu Gi Oh cards, that's just a lot easier on your mind. Yeah. So, like, you know, if I read a I read a UE article from like Patrick Hobbit in 2015, and he's talking about Necros card interactions, I know exactly what he's talking about. But if I read a Magic article and he mentions, I don't know, like Ulamog or some card, like, do you know what what that card does? No, I couldn't tell you. Exactly. I know I know a lot of Magic cards. I know Jace the Mind Sculptor. I know Cruel Ultimatum and all that stuff. But yeah, whatever yeah. you just said, no clue. Sounds like you just made shit up. Yeah, exactly. sounds like you just put letters together. <laughs> He's like yeah. Ulamog. Yeah, like, yeah somebody, like, like somebody punched you in your solar plexus. And that's the noise you fucking made. Ulamog. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that's one of the things that made me like want to write Yu-Gi-Oh articles. But also just like I have just just in general, I like writing as well. I've been working on like some books and stuff. Like not Yu-Gi-Oh books because I'm not that much of a nerd, but um <laughs> Oh, shout out to Patrick Hoban. <laughs> <laughs> but 
yeah, some like fantasy books oh. and stuff. And, uh, since I like writing, I was like, okay, I'll just put some ideas down, and that was how I got <laughs> right. Hold on, real quick. <clears throat> I got to jump in here. I just got to shit on you real quick, Cam. But it's a shit okay. in a loving way. Uh, <laughs> say this as somebody who fucking is obsessed with D and D. Fucking love Dungeons and Dragons. I love playing it. However, you said. I'm not writing Yu-Gi-Oh books. I'm not that much of a nerd, but I'm writing <laughs> fantasy books. Like, bro, bro, yes, you are. That can make sense, bro, bro. Like, books if make he was money. like, that's the difference. Like, I'm, you know, I'm writing some books, not Yu-Gi-Oh books. I'm not a nerd. I'm writing a political commentary on. Right. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm writing. I'm, I'm not writing Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm writing Lord of the Rings. Like, okay, yeah, I'm like fucking nerd. <laughs> Me fucking too. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I mean that's fair. That's fair. However, yeah, that's, that's funny. I know. I know what you meant, though. I know what you meant. You know, it, your intention was good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I've actually read some of Cam's work, and it's actually pretty good. Like you could have for sure been on the ARG writing team, no question, because you have some people just are not very good at uh, sentence structure and just how to convey an idea or a concept to people. And you're very good at that. I think that your writing style is actually very good. It's immersive. Like the words you use, you have colorful vocabulary. So definitely check out some of Cam's um, articles on his DB profile. They are genuinely decent articles to read. And they give some backstory on who you are as a person, which I liked. Yeah. Right. Because before I read them, I, I had a completely different perception of who you are. Like, Yeah. Well, okay. So, so let, 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 let me ask this. So you first come in the Discord. Like, Somebody said I, you I'll look just... like the nerd emoji. You know? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you, okay. So you, you first come in the Discord and you yeah. see this guy with an Asian girl profile picture saying yes. stuff like, "What's your What's your first thought about me?" Okay, so my first thought about you was this guy is a fucking asshole because the first time I ever watched you play. You were you were just being you in the chat, and I didn't know to not take you seriously because that's the thing about internet, right? Is that you yeah. don't know when somebody's being sarcastic to be funny or if they're being sarcastic to be an actual dickhead. I couldn't tell. So when I first started watching, like when I first joined the Edison community, the online discords and all that stuff, and I saw you and like you had your girl profile picture. The I don't even K-pop is it K-pop? Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. Um. I, I like the way Fraser says that like a dad. Like, what is that thing you kids are listening to? Is that what it is? Is that what it is, K-pop? Is that I'm so am I old. am I hip with the with the children? I'm so old. Uh I didn't know what to think of you. And I also thought I thought you were a girl too. So there was a, a long period where I thought that you were actually a girl. And the reason is because the name Cameron is yeah, a unisex. That's... It's a unisex name. Funny story know, about that. Cameron Diaz. Go ahead. Oh God, please tell it. I already know what you're about to say. Funny story. Oh, like so I so when I first became a Dolan Book judge, one of my one of my best friends in the judging community, his name is Rafa Santos. He thought I was a girl, and he told me one day that like when he first saw me like posting in um in like the, the DB Discord and stuff, and he was like he started developing a crush on me because I was like good at Yu Gi Oh and I like knew judge <laughs> stuff, and he thought I was a girl because the only because he's from Brazil and the only Cameron he ever knew was Cameron Diaz. <laughs> So he thought it was just a girl's name. So he tells me one day that he started oh. developing a crush on me until he gets oh, a, until he gets a friend suggestion on Facebook from me. And sees Yo, imagine his face when he sees Cameron Saunders and it's just fucking you. Like it's just you. Oh, you know what would have been so fucking good? If like one day he built the carriage up and like asked you out and shit, like oh, oh my Yo. god. That is insane. Yeah, I can imagine that he's not the only person that thought you were a girl because 
I I did. Like I just thought that I saw the I saw the girl and I knew you weren't the girl in the photo. I was like, there's no fucking way he looks that good, right? <laughs> there's no I was like, there's no Yu-Gi-Oh player that looks that fucking good. So there there was that. I was like, you're not the girl in the photo, but I did assume that you were actually a girl. And then certain things started to tell me that you weren't actually a girl over time. I kind of realized, like, okay, wait, this is actually a guy. I'm on the internet. Be fucking for real, is basically what I told myself. <laughs> like, be for real. But yeah, luckily, you know, I'm not into girls. So I didn't develop a crush on you looking at your picture <laughs> of your name. Yeah, that is hilarious. That is hilarious. I just, I want to know the guy's face when he saw your friend request and it was literally the guy that we see right here in the middle of this deep sea diva and he's like i fell for you like oh my god that's 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 something i just want to say probably thanks to smash ultimate uh at no point do i ever see a k-pop girl profile picture and ever think there's a girl (laughs) it doesn't matter what your name is or what you say when i see a k-pop profile picture i know it's a guy (laughs) Yeah, I mean that is true actually because uh Spargo and MKLL, the two two of the best players in the world, like they're both top five or whatever, both of them are like obsessed with K-pop, I think, and they use tags while they fight that are all I don't know what they mean. One yeah. of them is like Selwigi is like S-E-U-L-I-G-I. Okay, didn't even say it right. Look at you. Look at look at how quick this man just said Ranger said Sue Luigi. Bro. What do you want me to do? Like, what do you want me to do? I had no idea the, what you were talking about. The best part is, like, it's not even, it's not just Smash. It's not just <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh. It's actually, the reason I got into, like, the K-pop profile picture thing was ironic from the RuneScape community. Because all the top players in RuneScape do this, too. And so I'm like, okay, whatever. Oh, I'll just throw on the K-pop profile picture. And I'll, you know, and then it just, like, became a thing. So it's like, and it's not like... It's not even like ironic at this point, like because like I genuinely like the profile pictures now. But like at first, it was, I was just like, yeah, I'm, you know what? Screw it, screw it. I'll do the K-pop thing. And now it is what it is. And you started listening to. It. Do you play RuneScape? I yeah. used to. I I haven't played in a long time. I don't know really anything about it. I've played RuneScape once in my life for eight hours. Uh, <laughs> I have two really close friends that are obsessed with old school RuneScape. RuneScape. Yeah, that's one I was playing. Yeah. And uh, one of them donated, I think, like a hundred dollars to my stream. I, I, I don't. Maybe it was a hundred. Maybe it was like twenty-five or fifty. I don't know. It, he donated money, and he was like, he basically just requested me to play RuneScape one time to see if I would like it for like a whole stream. I did an eight-hour stream of it, and it, I had fun, but it's just not. It's not the game for me. Yeah, it's um, it's such a grindy game. You, yeah, you can't just play it once and put it like if you play it once and put it down, just keep it down. It, but yeah, it's. I mean, I know. I know me i it's not the game for me but you know it's cool i, I know people that are super into what it. is what is the goal of runescape for people who don't know like me, you get 99 wood cutting <laughs> there's like 23 stats you get 99 all of them there's like a it's just an mmo you know there's like so yeah. many things to do okay you just build your stat and you build your stats like really like you'll like cut down trees and like cut the you know the wood on the trees and it'll build your wood cutting stat and then, like, you'll get better at doing that and do it faster or whatever, like, fire or, like, starting fires and stuff like that. Yeah. People will just, like, well, AF- AFK, not AFK, but, like, pseudo-AFK grind certain stats. And then, then there's, like, super boss rushes. Um, I don't know exactly, but my friend is, like, super excited because he just recently did, like, I don't know, he got, like, a cape, like, a, the red cape or the demon cape. I don't fucking know what well, it's the called. Infernal cape. Infernal cape, yeah. He, yeah. he did, like, some really hard thing with a sequence of bosses in a dungeon or some shit. I don't know. I, st- I still haven't got that. Like, it's actually a really tough thing, yeah. yeah. He told me I was allowed to brag about it through him. Like, I could be like, I have friend with the infernal cape. <laughs> 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 and he was like, okay. Sure, I'll do it. 
hey, it's it's worked once, so it impresses me. So see, uh, so Cam, I want to talk a little bit about your revenge tour, and I've been calling it that, not you. But there was a period where me and Cam were recording a lot of content this year for YouTube. It was I, I, I kind of like let Stango go on his own for a bit, and it was me and Cam, and we had a lot of fun. We made a lot of good videos, a lot of iconic videos, and and funny ass moments. So if you haven't seen those, check out our YouTube. All the episodes that say featuring Cam Saunders are, are all bangers. And but this Yu-Gi-Oh segment, I'm gonna I'm gonna swing this back in the K-pop. Don't you don't you worry. <laughs> so while we were recording a lot, um, there would be moments where we'd have some interesting plays come up, and there were people out there who started saying crazy shit about cam thinking that he wasn't actually like you know really good at the game and all this stuff now i've done my part in quelling a lot of that but what was cool to me was that you ended up traveling to the in real life rbet and then there was a subsequent ps5 tournament and this is all around the same time this is like in that same month period of this happening uh and at i think before that you hadn't like topped an online event or whatever in a while so people were like oh like you know washed or just yeah, like all, yeah. kinds of, all kinds of crazy shit and then you go out you go out to the in real life rbet which again just for people to know that tournament has some of the best talent in the entire edison community yeah it was event. basically an online tournament like, it was li- like literally all of the best people basically were there like there were a few that obviously were missing because it, it was a capped event so yeah. you couldn't it, you couldn't make a decision to go to it last minute because uh, I it, it, the closer it got to that event I decided that I really would have liked to have gone but it was capped so it was like even if I go I can't actually play in it um, but you ended up topping that event and I think you finished really high in Swiss too and everything right like, I was undefeated in Swiss oh excuse me you, you were yeah. undefeated in Swiss to be exact which was cool because I think like two weeks before that I had traveled down to North Carolina to play and we're, you know we're on the same team now and everything but to play in the uh, there was like a 2K. There's a 2K at the store of Big Boy Gaming in North Carolina where you're from. And I had gone undefeated. And then the next in life tournament, you go undefeated. And me and you have been doing content together. So I just thought that was really cool that, you know, people are like, oh, like you guys play like shit or whatever in this video. And we're always talking like, listen, and these videos do not think that this is indicative of our actual skill level because yeah. I want you to try to duel while talking to YouTube and also talking to another person about what you want right, to do and, yeah. and play play perfectly while you're talking to someone the entire time and trying to entertain people for a video. And also, like, when you have two people, you can't always just agree on a play. Someone has to, like, throw out a, a not good play every once in a while, you know? Yeah. So, so, like someone has to, like... Something that may be, not even necessarily a not good play, but a different Just, like, play. a different one. Yeah. Like, just something something to, 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 to get you thinking about, like, the oh. game state. Because, like, you can get to autopilot. Okay. And it stops being entertaining. I can hear Cam Frazier. Oh, I don't think I can hear. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. I can't. The I, audio Frazier, Frazier, I think it's that thing again. Frazier was like, I can't hear. All you right, guys. so this issue, guys, if you can hear me, let me know in the chat if you can hear me. This issue has happened before. I don't think where my audio cuts out for a second, and I have to like basically kind of restart to get it back. So what I'm going to do, because I assume that Kenny, you can hear me, right? Not if you can hear me. All right, Kenny can hear me. I assume Cam can hear me too. If Kenny can hear me, but the yeah. thing is, Kenny, the you can hear me coming right? back. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can hear, hear them. Like literally, I can hear them at all. Yeah, um, it's just so I am going up. to, and I don't know what causes this issue, but every once in a while it's been happening to me. I don't know what the fuck it is. This happens every I time. I am going to uh, speak again, <laughs> oh, Kenny. I just want to make sure. Hey, check, okay, check, yeah. check. I, it every, you said itself. every time you guys record a video. So I'm going to restart real quick, and then yeah, you guys can hear me. I'm going to restart real quick, and then we're just going to pick up where we left off. So yeah, literally every time. Unfortunately, end the stream and then pick it back up. We are at three hours and forty one minutes, so I still have like twenty hours of live streaming to do. But just give me a second, guys. I'll be right back. 
Uh, can Ecamm just hold? Oh no, the 24-hour stream is going to be broken. Mm. Yeah, like, every time me and him record a video together, like, there's, like, this big, uh, there's, like, this time, there's a moment he'll be like, and hey, we're back, guys. And it's because, like, we took, like, an hour trying to, like, figure out what happened with his audio. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Ooh. I just have to, might have to reinstall. That's crazy. Just had to reinstall Windows last. I fucking, I was playing, um, you know what Parsec is? Yeah. I was playing, um, game called HyperDBZ on Parsec, and uh, I tried to install a driver, and it just locked my entire computer up, and my computer was just unplayable. Nothing worked. I restarted it. Nothing worked. I fucking rebuilt the startup process. I went to safe mode, recovery mode. I did everything. It was just completely locked up, and I couldn't do anything. And so, uh, yeah, I just had to reinstall Windows. <laughs> That's nuts. I've not had to reinstall Windows. I need to get a new computer, though, because like, mine's... Like yeah, seven years old now and just uh, yeah, terrible. Pretty much, I, I I built this in 2017. My rig, so my rig's pretty old now too. I was thinking about getting a 3060. I, I definitely need a new graphic. Yeah, 3060. You know, every time this happens with him, just taking out his earbuds and like going through his um, computer speakers like works. I mean, I guess the audio quality is is worse, but like I don't know, like it just that does fix it. Hey, so. guys, hey. again. Um, Hello. One second, I'm getting everything back up. I knew I was like, I hope it doesn't happen during this, but it's something. Ah, oh, shit! I forgot to. I should have paused the recording. Oh well, that was fine. It'll be that. That's good for the the um. Yeah. What do we do? We they do get, the Patreon bonus bonus Cameron content. Yeah, it'll be good for the Patreon stuff. Uh, okay. So let me pop you guys back out. I think that you were full screened on. So click watch stream. So you need okay. So you need me now to turn my shit back on. I do. Participants okay. without video are currently hidden. Okay, so turn on camera. Is that what I was doing before? Turn on camera. Okay, there I am. There my mirror. Are. Okay. There you are. This to not pop up. Please don't want yeah, that. That's got to go on another monitor. Yeah, you saw that? Yep. Yeah, that was actually my, uh, that was like my work chat, which is obviously not okay for that to be displayed. Um, I think that we're back to the way we were, right? Everything's good. I think so. Okay, so let me go to... It looks like he's got like a smoke effect behind him this time. Oh yeah, that's because it's it's still settling in. I guess what the what mirror effect is going to do. Uh, okay, so let me go start live stream streaming software. Uh, it's made out to the public. Okay, manage broadcast. So can I click start streaming, or you need to set up a broadcast before you start streaming? Manage, and then when I click manage, it says YouTube YouTube access error. So this this happened before today too. So I have to go to settings, stream, disconnect account, then connect account. Connect. I am their podcast. Mm. Continue. Authorization completed successfully. You can now close this page. Oh, thanks. Apply. Okay. Now we go start streaming. You need to set up manage broadcast. So, oh God, I have to put this all again. 24 hour stream. Video Edison format. Live podcast. Final. Uh, I'm just put FF16. FF16. God of War. Well, I can't wait to eat. I know, I'm so hungry. We only have a little bit longer. Um, depends, depends on how much I get him to talk about. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, you guys want this podcast to end, don't you? Right, let me remember these settings. So public, no, it's not made for kids. 24-hour stream. But okay, create broadcast and start streaming. Here we go. Are we live? Uh, we're about to be creating a new live live broadcast. Please wait. Okay, I think we're live again. Live? We live, everybody? Live, I have something to share with. Well, it's gonna take a second, I guess, for people to get back in. Um, so hold on, let me. I guess I have to check if we're live. So let me do this. 
Also, I can hear like an ambulance or something through a channel. Okay, here we go. All right. Well, there is a I'm sorry, all the things are happening right now. All right. So Quest Quest says we're live. That's good. So that's at least one person who can actually hear us. Um All right, so we're live. Welcome everybody. The 24 hour stream just now starts at 1250. Uh um <laughs> Yep. All right, so we're back. I think we're officially back. Everything is good. Uh so people will probably start trickling in again. Welcome back. Yep. Here we go. Yes, you're live. Hello. We lit audio good. All right. Everything is back. Cool. I don't know where we left off with. Oh, I was talking about Cam's revenge tour Um, because you went on to top both events that weekend that were in real life and the competition was definitely stiff. Yeah. So congratulations to you on that. But that just, you know, I just want to make sure that people know that, again, playing for content and playing actually, in especially in real life, is just way different. Like, there are two different things entirely. Um, I don't know. And, like, to some extent, like, uh, you know, I don't consider myself, like some you know absolutely insane player like no, no i'm not like some legendary guy or anything like that but like yeah, Who is? yeah they, don't, they don't play for content they don't record their games they don't talk to other people they play yeah. and they don't you know think like how to be entertaining while also winning a duel and stuff it's like right that's the thing and like, don't let it get to you you know i know that's hard it's easier said than done but right, this yeah. happens with everything like I'll just use Smash as an example because it's probably the thing I'm most familiar with. But it's so fucking often that the co- the chat, the the even the commentators, they're watching two amazing, like two people playing that are better than everyone else in the fucking world, better than the thousand people in chat, better than the commentators. And they're like, "Why did he do that? There, he should have done this." And it's like you're sitting down eating Doritos, like, <laughs> like you in order to judge and these are like people playing like people always say like oh he did the wrong play there he did the wrong this there it's like you're eating fucking doritos there's a reason why you're not in grand finals with mango and armada (laughs) why they gotta be eating doritos that's what they're doing because know why they're eating doritos it's to show how not ready their hands are to even play at that level like they can't (laughs) hold a fucking controller with all the dorito dust so anyway that just always happens when especially the better you get and the more you play, I feel like, online for people to see, the more people that are going to say, like, oh, this a- this person's actually a scrub. This that person's actually really bad. He's this, he's that. And they're going to just talk shit on you. And it's like, you're not making content. You're not topping any of these tournaments. You're eating fucking Doritos. It's really hard to make content and also perform at a high level, in my opinion, because it's very time consuming. And the two things are kind of at odds with each other. Just speaking from, I guess, me and Cam's perspective, it's like content people like a lot of casual stuff. Yeah. And we're competitive and we like just basically the S tier stuff. And we might fiddle around with like an A tier or quick draw deck or something like that. But but for the most part, like, you know, you're playing Diva Hero Beat and you're out there topping tournaments. You're playing Diva Frogs and you're out here topping tournaments. Those are all S tier decks. That's the competitive stuff. That doesn't exactly appeal to a broad audience of people as 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 relative to what appeals to the casuals. Um, but even so, like all that said, the technical play that's required to use like some of these S tier decks and stuff, it's it's a lot. And when you use any of your brain's bandwidth to talk and explain yourself, maybe even argue with someone over a play, it takes mm-hmm. it takes you out of it a bit. Like it, it really takes you out of it. So oh, Fraser will uh, argue without a play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he will. Um Pro yeah. Storm. First Storm has said, like, if I'm not distracted, I'm like a top five player. And I think he I don't think he's like off base because like I when I play so in person, I don't have Discord. I don't have someone talking in my ear. You know, like a lot of times, like I lost a war league match. Um not not a match. I lost a, I lost game two of a war league match because I went in Discord and said, 
why can't I draw any of my side cards? And then I forgot to set a fossil dynamic. Like, I literally lost the game because I was com- because I went, I just opened Discord to complain that I couldn't draw like a pulling of a rug, and I drew a fossil dyna, and then I said it. it didn't, I, and then I forgot to set it, and he had enemy controller to kill me, and I was like, man. <laughs> so like the fact that I distracted myself into losing even one game, I can't do that in person. Yes, that, that's enough. So uh, Snag brought up an interesting point here that I talk about as well. I always say I'm like top two players in the entire game if I'm commentating or spectating because there's no, right. there's, there's no pressure on me at all, right? When you're spectating, like, you know everything. You don't have the... All the things that go into a person's mind as they're playing the game out slowly, as they're, as they're living through the storyline of the game, because every game is a story. You don't experience any of that. Mm-hmm. You just kind right. of sit there, like Kenny said, eating fucking Doritos. <laughs> you have no stakes. You have no skin in the game, right? You have no stakes. And we're going to watch some of these RBET top eight matches after this podcast. But like, you have no skin in it. And it's easy to make decisions that are risky or, you know, oh, you just got to go for it here. You just got to, you got to say, yeah, like, 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 it's easy to say that when you are not the person who, if they lose, they're out the tournament. Yeah. So, you know, arm, a little armchair commentary. But yeah, Snack said, I know that when I'm commentating for DDV, I make a lot of boneheaded suggestions because I'm not anywhere near as focused on the gameplay as I would be if I were actually playing myself. And I agree with that. Like, it, it, so that's the opposite end of the spectrum. It's like, you could say things that aren't necessarily good or correct because, again, you're not as into it as someone else, or you're, it's easier to be so honed in on every aspect of what yeah. you should be doing when you when you have no stakes. So it could go either way. Like in my opinion, or not in my opinion, from my perspective, I'm more cracked at the game when I'm not playing it and I'm when, when I'm just observing. Like when Cairo, when the true hero plays against Thango, right? They play all the time, like literally all the fucking time. They really and do. they really play like oh my god. Every time I open Discord, those two are in the group chat. They're dueling or whatever, and they're just going back and forth and they're having a time of their lives. But I'll watch the games and I'll be critiquing. I don't them. know how either of them have time for a girlfriend because I don't like, either. <laughs> they all they do is play Yu Gi Oh together. Yeah, they're in a, they're in a relationship with each other. <laughs> like, the amount the amount that those two play is crazy, and the amount that I spectate because I I enjoy people don't notice, but I actually don't enjoy playing Yu Gi Oh. Like I I prefer to be on the sidelines. I I like Bridges doing commentary. Yes, I really am though. Like I I do not playing the game is way too stressful in my opinion. I prefer just watching talking about it and i did that for arg for a while too there was a period where i was spectating and commentating on events broadcasting and i like that like that that job to me is so fun because i'm i have the experience to like speak on it at a high level and i can analyze if somebody misplayed or whatever so that for me is really really fun and it, does, it doesn't feel as stressful as obviously playing and having stakes on you and the pressure of performing and all that you know all the stuff that goes into playing um but yeah again at the end of the day right like someone who's doing commentary or someone who is uh, performing for content is not going to be at their tippy top tier shape when they're playing by themselves in person as we have to do in person every time we play. So just to kind of get that out there and let's see miles greenwood said, imagine you're at a YCS and your opponent just pulls out his phone and complains on discord. (laughs) (laughs) I've had some moments actually where I, in the middle of my match, this is before discord. So again, I'm old, but there were times where I would be in the top cut of a YCS And my point would be taking like outrageously long or there would be like something weird happening where a judge is talking to another judge and they made us freeze play. And then we're just sitting there for a, like a scary amount of time where you start to wonder if somebody's about to get DQ'd and I'll pull up my phone and just go on Facebook and be like, I don't know what's going on, but my opponent's playing terrible and I'm sitting here for 30 minutes. The judges told us to freeze play. I don't know what's happening. And then the judges will come back and be like, 
you guys can continue. And we don't even know what happened. We have no idea what that was about. Nothing even came of it. End up winning and then going on. But like, I'll pull out my phone. They don't really say anything. I think that you're not supposed to have your phone out at, you're not, at, at tournaments. But like, I, I think in those situations where they're like freeze play, they don't really care. I'll go and write statuses, or whatever. It's, you know, who cares? I keep my uh, phone on me to use a calculator because I don't want to carry around some. See, I don't like people like you. People who I'm, use their phone for calculators. I'm with Cameron. I'm with fucking I hate Cameron. that. Nah, dude. I when I do it, I, I I pick up my phone and I show that I'm on the calculator. Okay. So my 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 problem here's my problem because I'm such a I'm neuro, I'm neurotic as fuck. I think in my head about every possible outcome. And I have played around so many scummy Yu-Gi-Oh players for a, a huge chunk of my life. I can't help it. It's just the way my mind is set up. I naturally have a terrible... I just think about things in a terrible way yeah. sometimes. No, I get you. So I know that there are players who use their phone as calculators, and then they get text messages with someone's hand that show, you know, it shows up as a notification. It goes up on the top of the screen, like he has Darkhole or he has Blizzard or whatever, right? It comes yeah. across the screen real quick. And then they see it and they like might swipe it away or whatever. But like you sitting across the table can't see what that said, especially if you can't read upside down. Um, so stuff like that is just like really because even if you have it on your calculator app, like what you said, you still get a notification that says like he has yeah. torrential set or whatever, right? Like, and and just the idea that that could happen makes me not want my opponents to use a phone to do anything. Like, I don't want you to use a phone to do literally anything, not to mention that phones are technically against the rules anyway. So, like, right. I'm not. I mean, like if I went to like a Konami event, I guess I would have to carry a calculator with me. But like, yeah, I just prefer that you use pen and paper or do what I do. I use a TI 83 calculator. So it's like, I can't do anything on this thing that would be resembling cheating or whatever. Like, it's just a TI 83. So yeah, I hate phones, but that's my personal gripe. I understand that nine nine out of ten people, maybe even higher than that, are not doing anything suspicious on their phone uh, when they're playing Yu-Gi-Oh. But like, again, I just have too many experiences <laughs> where, yeah, I have too many experiences. So I think so, Kenny. To answer your question that you just asked me, I think we do. I mm. think. Mm. Um, I, I just wanted to give a quick, quick. Uh, I hate doing this. This is the thing that Kenny hates the most, by the way. That's why Fraser does all of this. I'm a terrible shill. But I just want to real quick in the middle of this goddamn podcast do a quick shill real quick. Since we're streaming 24 hours live on YouTube, please like the fucking stream. Because if you like the stream, it might get more exposure and more people can watch it and see it and interact and talk shit. So like the stream. And then if you want, I think they're enabled. I don't really know because I don't stream on YouTube that often. I usually do it on Twitch. But I think we have Super Chats enabled. If you want to do that, you can do that too. Yeah, I think Super Chats are enabled. So if you guys want to show your support for the Amir podcast, we appreciate all the support. Um, and you can support as easy as just liking the stream, yep. like Kenny said. Or you can do a Super Chat. And I guess that 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 kind of reads off to everybody. I think that's how it works. I don't know. Like, we I, off. I'm, I'm yeah. pretty inexperienced when it comes to streaming on YouTube specifically. Okay. So... so to pivot from our shilling, uh, somebody, Danny, Danny said, thoughts on the 1-1 ring in Magic the Gathering. So, yeah, Alex, I agree. We had more likes before the stream had to be reset, which really sucks because that audio issue, it does happen to me every once in a while. And I have to, like, reset everything. So that might happen again throughout this 24 hours. I'm not sure. But uh, it only happens when I'm recording, I think, though. I think I've been in Discord calls for hours and hours and hours and hours and nothing goes wrong. And then specifically when I'm recording, so, it happens. Ann was telling me, I'm going to pull the curtain out. Fuck y'all. Um. <laughs> Cam was like, by the way, every single time we record a, a video for YouTube, this happens. So Fraser's video yeah. goes out. <laughs> Fraser's audio goes out. I don't know what and it then, is. Uh, it's always Fraser too. I, you know, you might just have there might be like some interaction in your computer that's not working correctly. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. Yeah. What I what I need to do is the next time I'm recording and it's not this. I don't I don't want to troubleshoot it like in this instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the next time it happens, I really need to take some time to try to fix it. 
when it happens. But all right, I want to get back to this one one Magic the Gathering sort of one ring to rule them all. I don't know if you guys know. I probably told the story before, but there is a set of Magic that came out very recently, and inside of it there is a one of one card that is the one ring to rule them all. Space Lord and Rings, obviously, and basically whoever finds it. And it's been found. It just got found two days ago. But whoever finds it was guaranteed at least a million dollars, if not more. Um, so the person, somebody did pack it officially, but they were asking thoughts on that. I think that that's insane. I love the idea of stuff like that, like this insanely rare collector's item that you can get, for, you know, and then you could be not rich because a million dollars in 2023, you're not rich. But like you are definitely well off, right? You're very well off. Yeah. Uh, depending on your age. You can you can't live the rest of your life off of it unless you're super frugal. I know Kenny could. Because... I could, bro, <laughs> a million dollars. Fraser said you're not rich, and I just think that just shows how expensive Fraser's jeans are because <laughs> because <laughs> a million dollars, Kenny is fucking rich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's also true. Austin said Magic players have way bigger pockets, clearly because Yu-Gi-Oh had a one of one and it didn't sell for nearly as much. That Tyler the Great Warrior, I believe, is our most expensive card. Yeah, Magic's also got like much more of a cultural staying in America specifically. Also, Tyler um, the Great Warrior, his story is amazing, but like that's not the one ring to rule them all. All right. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is true. It's not the one ring to rule them all. But yeah, that is insane though. A million dollar card. I don't know what it actually sold for, Danny. If you know, you can put it in the chat. Um, but I think that it was at least a million dollars. So when he said Fraser's jeans, he meant J. J E. Uh, because I have some I have some jeans that are like yeah, I meant, hold on. I meant the jeans that you buy, and I didn't mean what the fuck. <laughs> I didn't mean that Fraser was jeans splicing or some shit like that. Yeah, I mean it could be my jeans though, right? It could, yeah, it could yeah. be my actual genetically. My I have expensive jeans. My mom is a very expensive person. That's probably why I have it too. But I like expensive things. I can't help it. Uh, all right, so. Oh, you wanted to go back to K-pop a little bit, Kenny. I'll give you this. this oh, I mean, yeah, I just know that Um, we talked a little bit about how, like, for example, uh, I guess I want to ask, I guess you didn't even get into K-pop music until the RuneScape thing, right? Because you said you did it ironically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, um, I, just I, I, I listened to a little bit, yeah, you, but it was like big. not a thing. Yeah. So go ahead. Um, wait, what, what were you saying? Like, oh, no, my, my bad. Yeah, I was just like talking over you a bit. I, I fucked up. Anyway, I was, yeah, so you started as it being ironic. And then I guess at some point you were like, I guess I'll listen to <laughs> the Jun Young song. And, um, <laughs> you know, you put it on. And then, and then apparently you can give like a top five list of the most technically sound K pop artists that ever lived. Or something like that. <laughs> um, I've listened to quite a bit, uh, in my time. Um, most, so, the majority of what I listen to music wise is like metal. Like, so Whoa, drastically different. Dr yeah, very. Um, so yeah, like progressive metal, like, um, like Carnival and like Dream Theater and stuff. Black oh, I metal. I love Dream Theater. Oh, I love Dream Theater, bro. That is, that is one of my absolute favorite groups easily. She's, yeah, that's, that's the normal stuff that I listen to, surprisingly. Like yeah. Um, so like the first, so where did it all go wrong? Where did I go? Okay, so um, <clears throat> I don't play League of Legends, but my friend does, and he would send me League of Legends stuff every once in a while. Oh, and they had this group KDA. Oh my god, that's that's where it went wrong for everyone. That's where it went wrong. That's, that's, that's where it went wrong for everyone. KDA was so fucking popular. All right, go ahead. Yeah, and so I get into that, and then so the. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are we saying? I kept on saying kill deaf assholes Not, for KDA and no one I just, me. Like, I was just ignoring no I was one. just I was just gonna keep it going. I was gonna ignore the uh, okay, listen. Go ahead, go ahead, Kim. I'm sorry. I'm like trolling at this point. Okay, okay. So I get into 
I look up who the voices of Akali and Ari are, and they're part of an, a Korean group called Idol. And so I start listening to them. I'm like, wow, these these are they're, they're insane. This is like this is actually really good. And the one who voices Ari is Mion, which is the one that's in all my profile pictures and Discord and Dueling Book and stuff. So, um, so like, wow, this is like this is nuts. And then I hear about this group called Dreamcatcher, which has a lot of like rock inspired traits to it. And I'm like. Okay, so we got the K-pop, we got seven pretty girls, and we got rock music behind it. This is obviously the optimal combination. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's so so between Idol and Dreamcatcher, and then like I just started listening to more and more, and like cause like it would keep coming on YouTube recommendations, like like new groups that I'd never heard of, and I'll start listening to them. Like, like no wonder people like this stuff. This is like this is better than American pop music. This is actually like I. I, I and someone asked me why I like K-pop. I was like, listen, man, you know, you like regular pop music, right? He was like, yeah. I'm like, okay, so what's better than one pretty girl? 13 mm. pretty girls, okay? Mm. So so I'm like, okay, so this is obviously, you know, the superior music genre to 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 the American music that, that, that your plebeian palate just, just like, and, but yeah, it's, but it started off pretty ironic and then it's it's just a thing now. And So I think you've already answered this question. <laughs> Because this is funny, but I think you've already answered it. Do you listen to yeah. any boy K-pop? Hey, kid, that boy K-pop group? Absolutely not. Absolutely, Absolutely. Not. and no one does. No, at least no, no, no Americans does. do. For some, I like. Well, no, that's not true. Because that one group, I don't know their name. Uh, you probably know. I forget their. They're uh, they're somehow they're absurd. Black no, 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 it's a boy K-pop group that is gigantic. BTS. BTS. They're gigantic oh, in America. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I like a few of their songs actually. Every once in a while, one comes on the radio. I'm like, yeah, it sounds pretty, sounds pretty decent. Like, I don't know why they play on American radio, but I'm like, yeah. I think they're currently in the military or something like that. Yeah, yeah, they got drafted. Everyone has a mandatory. You have to serve in the military. I heard. I don't know if that's true. No, 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 it is true. Because I remember when I was really in the breakdancing. For anybody that doesn't know, between the ages of like 15 and 23, I used to breakdance, and at that time, um, there was a really big. And I'm I'm sure there still is. There's a really big Korean scene in break breakdancing. And yeah. there was this uh guy named Hong Ten. Uh he was a really big South Korean breakdancer. And he was kind of like on top of the world for one point. Like he's really big. He was in like some of the best groups. And then a lot of people were getting like sad and talking about it because he had to basically put his career on hold as a breakdancer because he had to go serve in the military. And um and then yeah, that's when I found out that like in South Korea at least for all males, I'm assuming it's not true for females, but maybe that changed. I don't know. All males have a mandatory military service they have to serve um, when they reach a certain age in South Korea. I couldn't do it. I am not yeah, a I, military I'd be, guy. I'd be defecting. You know, we gotta. <laughs> yeah, it would be so bad if I was forced into military. I mean, I say that now. I don't know how bad or whatever it actually is, but my perception of it is not good. Like just being Most, yelled at over and over and over again. Yeah, like that's kind of the thing. Like the whole boot camp type of thing. Like most times like it's just like you like hearing times of peace when it happens like yeah. oh yeah so, i'm not worried about i'm I'm literally not going to war so that's yeah 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 it's <laughs> like it's not, it's not even like that's not even on the table just, yeah it's just like i wasn't even talking about i wasn't even talking about fighting yeah <laughs> i was talking about literally just being in the military like that. yeah yeah for sure that's <laughs> you start like, talking about war you got me fucked you got up. me all the way fucked up you got me all Crazy, the way like, you want to know how was, you want to see how fast i can lose a foot <laughs> you want to see how fast I can lose a foot? <laughs> First of all, I have asthma. Thankfully, it, like it's not all bad. I don't think Honestly, being, Korea, being born being born with bad lungs is not all that bad. Somebody said, "Wiggle your finger." <laughs> being born with bad lungs is not actually all that bad. 
because you you can't serve in the military from what i understand like i'm too sickly to serve in the military and honestly i'm not mad at it because i'm oh, man. low key i'm not really that sickly but like on paper, on paper. i'm virtually dying mm. like i i got I, I got asthma i got eczema which is like um bad skin or like dry skin or whatever uh well, let me let me think oh i got i got bad allergies i have terrible allergies so i'm always like blowing my nose and stuff so yeah they wouldn't want me anyway like i would not mm. yeah I yeah, would same. give our position away because I'm always sniffling. That's awesome. Also, I'm they'd terrible. be able to. Oh my god, they'd be able to find the the American base camp because they would just follow a trail of tissues that Fraser <laughs> leaves everywhere. They <laughs> no, just follow him home. He's speaking from actual experience right now. They would just I follow him to his house. As my gang unite, yeah, Quest, you got that inhaler on you. But um, y'all y'all remember the iconic inhaler from Peter Chang, Me versus Peter? Y'all remember that, right? <laughs> yeah. It, it, K-pop and not even just K-pop, but uh, other mu- music in general. I got into listening to like music where there's lyrics that I don't understand. Um, just through well, anime. That anime and yeah, I was yeah. gonna say anime. Like there's so many anime openings where I'm like, oh my god, this song's fucking amazing. Like Death Note openings or Fire Force opening or um, Demon Slayer has some good openings. My Hero has a ton of good openings, and we can go on Naruto, One Piece, whatever. Um, yeah, just great sure. fucking openings, and that I think opened the door. That even opened my the door to my musical palette because when I was really young, I was basically like rap or nothing. Like I didn't like rock. I didn't like any genre of music that wasn't just straight up rap when I was really right. young. But at one point, I realized, like, oh, I'm an asshole because there's all these am- anime openings that are just like rock music, like blatantly rock music. It's just a Japanese guy singing that I really like that sound really good. And that opened my palate up to be- realize I'm like, oh, there's other just genres of music that I do like. I'm just being stupid. And um, and yeah, and that, that goes into a bunch of other things. I don't know a shit ton about K-pop. You probably know more than me. But my favorite group for anybody that's interested is Mamamoo. I think they're awesome. I like them. They have some really Mama good Um, <laughs> Yeah, they're really cool. But I'm not as invested. I just, there's, and let me ask you this. Are you able to listen to full albums? I'm not a full album guy. There's songs yeah. from oh, well, that I like. And I'll, like. There's songs I like. I have a K-pop playlist on my YouTube music. And, but I can't listen, like, even for groups I like, I can't put on an album and just listen to all the songs. I, I, I mean, my favorite genre of music is progressive metal. Like, I have songs that are album, like, album length on their own. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. a full album guy. Yeah. I'm a full album guy for like different kind of music, like certain raps albums, especially if the rap album album has an entire theme and a story being told to it. Like I was obsessed with um the weekend Dawn FM. I was oh obsessed God. with that fucking album and I was able to listen to it front to back over it's and over. It's also over a again. story though. I think that's a bit that's that's right? what like, I'm saying. Like if the yeah. album has a story and like it goes somewhere, <laughs> listening to the full album I can really get into. Um but I can't do that for you know, just other random album. Yeah, same. It's really hard. Um, but okay, so it is one twelve, and what I'm thinking is we should wrap this one up. This can be a full episode that'll be released on the podcast once I edit the audio and all that stuff. But then we definitely have to have Cam back to continue this conversation because clearly okay. we have a lot to talk about, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of questions in chat and stuff like that. There's no like there, this can go on until. 5 p.m. and Cam has somewhere to be. So because of that, we scheduled this to start at 11 a.m. and it's now like 1, you know, 1.13 or whatever. But yeah, yeah we're definitely going to have you back, Cam. I mean, we're on the same team. We talk all the time. Uh, but this was a pleasure having you, man. I really enjoyed this. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, whenever you want to like do a second run of this or whatever, I'm, I'm yeah, we'll do it without the, without the live stream. So that way, if we have any technical issues, we'll have to be broadcast in front of the world. You know, yeah, we can just work right. internally. Nobody yeah, else. and um. Well, yeah, and we, we I mean, here. I feel like as much as we play you, yeah, we barely even scratch the surface. I mean, it's all we talked about for like the first hour. But like, yeah. it's still something. It feels like it's we crazy. barely. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I also want to, you mentioned earlier, 
that you got in the Yu-Gi-Oh through the Yu-Gi-Oh anime. So do you watch anime in general or no? Um, not, I don't watch any TV anymore in general. Um, mm. Yeah, it's just... I The last anime I watched was... Um, like god when did um when did blue exorcist come out that was that was a while ago ages ago yes <laughs> straight up that like was a while ago <laughs> yeah that was the last anime that i watched it's like gotta be like what eight years or something yeah a long time. that's pretty cool but yeah we'll, yeah we'll dig up some things to talk about in the next one and easily you guys can rant about 700 different Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> all right so before we get out of here i gotta do my patreon gotta give a shout out to everybody because this is technically a podcast episode so thank you for everyone who has subscribed to the i'm their podcast patreon if you are not please check it out you can show support with as little as three dollars for the lowest tier and then we have other tiers with all types of perks one of them includes dueling me no matter win or loss it will be posted on youtube uh you can also join the actual i'm their podcast and do an episode like we just did you saw recorded with cam uh, we have that as an option as well. And we have other stuff like exclusive episodes that drop every single month that are only on Patreon. So again, check all of that stuff out on I'm Their Podcast slash Patreon or Patreon slash I'm Their Podcast rather. Uh, but yeah, next, I want to give a shout out to we have well, what's happening? Nothing's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's okay, happening. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to Connie, Ronathan, Yes, I'm Real, Leon, Stardust Dragon Assault Mode gave me PTSD. These are some wild names, by the way. Xavier, Hylian, Dimitri Barnes, Meow, Dominique Roberts, Giovanni Avalos, Alex Flamer, Andre Reynolds, Dan Vrabel, First to Home, S. Akuma, Mitchell Naus, Midwest Gaming, William Shapiro, Dimitri Safiridis, Vince Marquette, Dallas Bailey, KJ, Roz Weiss, Nick Stango, Hanto, our two-time national champion, Kachan is a poorly written character, Sarah Maria, oh. Uh, Sunny Top Cut Podcast, Alex Ahern, Philip Campa, Chris Lynn, Cookie 159, Edison Club, Kyle Vitelho, Brandon Moore, Sugal, Nick, Mr. Soltai, Nafa, Corey Fowler, Omar Ramos, Elijah Barfoth, and then... A true hero, Tyler Tadeo, Majora X, Anthony, Volvi's Other Hand, <laughs> uh, Big Stinky Crunch Rap, Duty Booty. Duty Booty! Adam Corey, Enraged Peacock, Leo Bacani, Janitor215, Metal Gear Vol V2, Sons of Ronathan. Jesus. <laughs> Metal Gear Vol V2, Sons of Ronathan is unhinged. <laughs> oh. Thomas Rude, Joshua, um, and Steve Rogers, 760, our newest Patreon member. Special and also, shout out. Yeah, go okay, ahead. Go ahead. No, I was say special shout out to Steve Rogers and Joshua Carroll being our newest two patrons. Uh, Steve Rogers is at the highest possible tier, the optional boss tier, which means that we will be recording an episode together in July. Uh, so, you know, look out for that. He did the optional boss thing. So big, big, big shout out to Steve Rogers. Thank you so much for the support. And uh, Kenny, what did you want to say? I was going to say what you just said about Steve Rogers. Okay. Well, yeah, I also love that his name, his actual fucking name is Steve Rogers, which is the name of Captain America for those who don't know. So that's definitely going to be something we talk about in the episode with him. But he's also a Yu-Gi-Oh player and somebody who's played like a lot of other games and has a lot of peak life experiences. I talked to him a bit for uh, he subscribed to the Patreon. And yeah, I think that's going to be a fire episode. So definitely check that out once it drops. But this one with Cam, if you you know didn't hear it here live, then you're going to get to listen to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everything else when it comes out this week. And uh, yeah, I, he said, I remember when the Patreon shoutouts only took like 10 seconds. Yeah, there's a yeah, lot man. of people now. Listen, there's make it longer. People. Make yeah, it take make it longer. longer. <laughs> Help us out. Go to Patreon and uh, join, join it. Also, you get access to our Discord server. I'm thinking about this too. So, Cam, if you want to go, we can we can let you go now, so that way you can get ready, because I know you have to meet Silchus and everything. Um, oh, yeah. Doing some Nats testing cool. with 
teammate. Yes. So definitely, thank you so much again for coming on. Uh, me and Kenny are going to continue this. I also need to get food. I'm so goddamn hungry. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to watch some of this RBET stuff. But uh, so Cam, thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, so I'm going to, I think I want to switch my view. Right. If you want to. Thank you.